Most religions are worship of a yogi. They're constituted by that. Christ was a yogi. Buddha was a great yogi. Muhammad was a yogi. Moses was a yogi. And so most of the religions today are either worshipping the yogi or worshipping the book that that yogi wrote or was channeled through him. But religion originally was simply the act of becoming a yogi. So the religions that we have today are indirect. And you can certainly get benefit by worshipping a great yogi. But that's very different from attaining the state of consciousness that Christ attained, or that Buddha attained, or that Krishna, or Lao Tzu, Muhammad, or any of the other great yogis attained. And so merely worshipping and trying to imitate the life of a great yogi while it's an important step, it still keeps one within the ego. It doesn't transcend the ego into direct God-realization. And that's what we are here to do. To become the goal that those great yogis pointed at for us. Christ would have considered Christianity to be heretical. He never said worship me be one with the Father I and the Father are one you and the Father are one we are all one but then that gets misinterpreted or in the Mohammedan the Islamic religion there's one prophet only one holy book and then it stops as if God got some inability to write after that, right? Writer's block or something. (laughs) Couldn't produce any more testaments. Not true. But humans have gotten yoga block. Humans have blocked their own access to the transcendent dimension of our own self. And that's what we're here to unblock. And we do that simply by silencing the egoic chatter that acts as a buffer and an obstruction between our consciousness and that of God. And that's the original and authentic purpose of prayer. To create a mental pathway and a link between the individual consciousness and the universal consciousness. And once that link is established through the surrender of the individual chattering mind to paying attention to the supreme consciousness, then it turns out that that supreme consciousness is not separate, is not another. The link turns into a union if you'll hold it long enough. And if you won't create some ideological separation, 
Like, oh no, I and the Father can't be one. They burn people at the stake for thinking that, you know. Or, that can only happen to very special beings. I'm not one of those, right? All of those kinds of thoughts that actually reject God in the guise of not being holy enough or prepared enough to attain God consciousness. So we must humble the ego, but not defile the ego through creating some artificial sense of separation. And when the ego is humbled enough and becomes transparent enough, then that ego consciousness dissolves in the very act of surrendering the mind. And we realize that all the ego was, was a tissue of thoughts that act as an obstructing factor within consciousness itself. But that the mind of God and the mind that you believe that you are, are not different. Their difference only the illusion of that difference, I should say, is created by the thoughts that produce a narrative of separation. A narrative based on the illusion that consciousness is identified with the body and belongs to the body and is only the consciousness of that body. But when we have attained these higher states of consciousness, we realize they have nothing to do with the body. Out-of-body experiences are very common. Near-death experiences nowadays are very common. Largely because our society has become so dangerous that people are always getting near-death in auto accidents and near-airplane crashes and all kinds of ways, surgeries, etc., that didn't exist a thousand years ago or more. But these things happen all the time. And so there's tremendous evidence that consciousness has no link, really, to the body, except as a particular vehicle in any given life. But that once you disidentify from the body, that consciousness is non-localizable. And that a single consciousness pertains to and encompasses and underlies this entire universe. And you are that. And have never been anything but that. But to realize that the ego that wants to be a special creature and be only obsessed with its own body and its own very small life in a very small circle of care, in a very narcissistic dimension of life, shuts itself off from the grace of this infinite bliss and joy and love that is there, just beyond the reach of the egoic mind. So all it takes is a a very temporary lifting of the consciousness beyond the chattering mind, silencing the mind and holding that silence through an act of devotion, an act of surrender to God, in which you pay your attention to the presence of God within you. All of your attention, pay it all. You have to pay it all, it's all or nothing. And in exchange for that payment of something that isn't worth very much anyway, we get the kingdom of heaven 
is realized within us. And if you'll hold that long enough to dissolve the ego, there'll be no coming back to the old consciousness. Because that will be recognized as simply illusion. An illusion that no longer serves you. And the pleasures that the ego was enmeshed in, and the obligations, the dharma, as well as the fears and the desire for egoic power and all of that, those lower chakra jouissances, will all be recognized as being pointless and obsolete. And a very absurd way to lead life. And instead, one will make one's life into the embodiment of that which is a medium, a messenger, an embodiment of that God consciousness, just in the same way as did Jesus, Buddha, and so many other great yogis. What they did was no different than what all of us have the capacity to do because all of us are manifestations of the same Supreme Consciousness. So don't think that the ego is either specially good or specially bad. It's not special at all. The only specialness is the capacity to realize the lack of specialness and surrender to that which is the only true specialness in the universe, which is the one without a second, supreme being, who belongs to all of us equally. And in that state, because there is a unity that is absolutely recognized, known, and loved of all of us, one sees aspects of the same self in every being, all of the egoic conflicts, the wars, the difficulties, the lack of communication, all of that can be resolved in a single step. As well as all the neuroses and pathologies of the ego, which cannot be resolved through any other therapeutic means. <clears throat> because it's the ego that's itself that is pathological. It's not that some egos are healthy and others are pathological. The ego itself is a pathological structure which obstructs the presence of God. And in a truly healthy human society, all the members of that society are in God consciousness. And the way out of the current problems of the world is to create communities in which God consciousness is the general state of our being, to model that, to transmit and disseminate that energy and power into the world again, and to transform the organizing principles of society, to be ruled again by love and unity and the supreme intelligence that is God consciousness. And so, for the very small price of the temporary sacrifice of the egoic mind for long enough to download the presence of God and realize that presence as the self, one gains liberation.
It's really a very small sacrifice, small price to pay. But most of us aren't willing to silence the mind, even for 10, 15 minutes, in order to get the pearl of great price. But it's important that you not tell yourself, oh, it's too difficult, I can't stop it, I have no control over the mind. It's not true. You have, if you have an interest in God, if you have a desire to discover what the presence of God is actually like. Not theoretically, not through some intermediary by reading it in one of those holy books, but through actually directly realizing it. And when that desire is strong enough, stronger than all those egoic desires to think about what you're going to be doing after the meditation is over, you will reach the kingdom of heaven. So that's all it takes, is our desire becoming strong enough to break through the ego mind and allowing all of our willpower to be channeled into that one intention and we will pierce through the veil of illusion into the noumenal realm of the eternal presence. And once we break through, we will then have access to the greater will, God's will, to remain in that state of transcendence and to live in the state of grace. So let's channel all our will now and transcend the ego and reach bliss. <laughs>